President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Now, Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening. The old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. Only one window on the ground floor shows a light. We enter and find ourselves in the president's study. Good evening. Sit down, won't you? Isn't it strange how often the same facts look different to different people and how much trouble can come from it? That's what the president faced in tonight's story, as you'll see later on. Of course, I'll tell you which president it really happened to, but meanwhile, maybe you'll be able to guess. At the time of this story, my secretary of state was a man I'll call Martin Barrows, who never let himself get excited. But one morning, even though he appeared as calm as ever, I knew he was worried. Mr. President, I just received this dispatch from our minister in France. Even without reading it, Martin, I can tell from your face that there's trouble. You'd better read it just the same, sir. Here you are. It's short enough. Uh-huh. The government of France has failed to pay the first installment on the 25 million francs due to the United States and the Secretary Treaty of last year. Hmm? And our minister in Paris wants instructions. Mm, they're, <laughs> they're obvious, aren't they? Tell them to make another effort to collect. I don't think that'll do much good, sir. Well, frankly, neither do I. We need something more, don't we? Yes, Congress has been watching this treaty ever since we negotiated it. Senator Johns especially will be very happy to hear there's trouble. Hoping we'll let the treaty lapse? I know. I see more trouble than that, Martin. On one side, Johns and the people who do a lot of trade with France. They oppose the treaty in the first place. They'll criticize any effort we make to enforce it. But we must make every effort. We must establish and maintain a strong foreign policy so that France and every other country will respect American sovereign rights. Well, no matter what we do, we'll be in hot water, sir. Well, what do you think we can do? Delay. Delay? What for? Well, surely France intends to pay. There's no real question about that. But maybe they're having some troubles of their own. If we give them a little time, everything might smooth out. I'm sorry I don't agree with you, Martin. In fact, I've got a different idea. Yes? You send a stiff note to France saying that we insist on being paid promptly that we negotiated the treaty in good faith and that we can't understand their failure to pay and their failure to explain. I'm afraid that'll only get Senator Johns on the warpath, sir. And won't collect the money either. Martin, either the French intend to pay or they don't. A few words from us one way or another might not make a great deal of difference to them. But they will show our people that we stand firm in our foreign policy. We must uh, take the lead in this matter. I have no doubt that Johns will object. But he'll be on the defensive. He's not an easy man to put on the defensive, sir, or to keep there. Well, we'll we can try, can't we? Send that note, Martin. Make it strong. And we'll see if it doesn't get results. And let me say this to my colleagues of the Senate. The President has seen fit to address a very stiff diplomatic note to France for her failure to pay a few miserable francs on an old debt. 
I must remind the president, France is not an enemy. She's our best friend in Europe. And she's not some benighted country at the ends of the earth. She's a friendly, civilized nation with which our citizens do a vast trade every year. By what right does the president put this trade in danger? Who is he to ignore the wishes of American citizens and to insist on a treaty which should never have been drawn in the first place? Gentlemen of the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee, I'm delighted to appear before you to explain the administration attitude toward France. We regard her as our friend, but even friendship calls for firmness. I beg you not to be swayed by the passions that Senator Johns is trying to arouse. Passions, does he say? It's typical of the Secretary of State and of the President whose servant he is to accuse me of rabble-rousing. But that cannot hide the issue. By what right does the president deliberately make an enemy out of a friend? I call on the people to give him their answer. May I come in, Mr. President? Yes, please do, Miss Sarah. I, uh, I wanted you to see these letters, Mr. President. Oh, what are they? They're about the French situation, most of them in support of Senator Johns criticizing you. But there are three I especially wanted you to see. Uh, these three, sir. Also against me? Yes, very much so. I'll leave them on the desk. I'll read them later. I'm sorry, Mr. President. There's one you should read right now. Well, it's been a long day, Miss Sarah, and please... Then you... I'll read it to you. Uh, Mr. President, France is the greatest friend we ever had. Why do you fight with her? Do you want war? I do not want to die in a war against friends. But if you plan to start such a war, it would be better if you died... Either my life or yours, there is no other choice. Well, all right, Miss Sire. Turn that over to the police it's and we'll go... It's not signed, Mr. President, naturally. Then throw it away. What about the other letters? There are two more in different handwritings, but also threatening your life, sir. Oh, I wouldn't worry about it, Miss Sarah. Some people get excited too easily. Yes, I guess I'm one of them. Only I don't think it's too easily. Won't you be careful? Well, I'm always careful, Miss Sarah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Miss Sarah. Instead of worrying about that, tell me what to do about the French failure to pay. <laughs> but they've refused a second time? Why? I don't know. Barrows doesn't know. The French Chamber of Deputies simply doesn't vote the money. Mm. I suppose what Senator John says encourages them to think you won't really do anything. Mm, John's has he at it again? It's this afternoon, Mr. President. He held the floor of the Senate for over an hour. I'd like to see a copy of his speech. I'll have it for you first thing in the morning. I'll do that, will you? And ask Mr. Martin Barris to come over at the same time, please. Bad, Martin. I read every word of John's speech yesterday, and when it reaches France, I can just see them deciding that I haven't got Congress behind me. Well, you can tell them that our minister to explain that John's is speaking only for himself. That wouldn't be quite true. There are a lot of people who agree with him. And the trouble is they think this is a simple business. Martin, I think I'll send a special message to Congress about the situation. I'd still advise delay, sir. No, 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 Martin. No more delay. The more the French government feels it can delay, that'll be bad. I prepared the draft of a message, Martin. I'll see how this sounds to you, especially this paragraph. Uh, I feel bound by my office to report to the Congress that the French failure to pay creates a dangerous situation. Unless payment already overdue is soon received, 
I shall have to ask Congress to seize all French assets in this country. Another gentleman. Oh, thank you, Miss Sarah. Come in, Senator. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, will you need me, Mr. President? No, I don't think, Miss Sarah. Thank you. Very well. Excuse me, Senator. Well, Senator. Mr. President, may I present my good friend, Henry Pointer? How do you do, Mr. Pointer? No, no, Mr. President. Sit down, gentlemen. Won't you? Of uh, course, sir, you're aware of my opposition to the course you're taking towards France. Very much so, Senator. I am particularly upset by your message to the House and Senate. Seizing French assets in this country would be a most unfriendly act. Not paying a debt is an unfriendly act, too, Senator. I'm sure the French government has a good reason for not paying, sir. Maybe, but they haven't told us what it is. No matter what it is, sir, I... <clears throat> hey, Mr. President, it occurred to me that you might think my opposition is purely political. Well... Uh, that's why I brought Mr. Pointer with me. He's an important businessman with many connections in France. He's in touch with many banks and merchants that carry on a large trade with France both import and export. I want him to tell you his view. No, I'm delighted. Well, Mr. Pointer? I'm a businessman, Mr. President. I understand nothing about politics. Oh, that's too bad, Mr. Pointer. But I do understand business, sir. And to me, this situation regarding France is nothing but plain arithmetic. <laughs> Mr. Pointer, I'd better tell you I'm not a, an expert in arithmetic. And it's not a difficult subject, sir. <laughs> My business brings me in touch with many firms